0: Welcome to the premiere episode, the season premiere, the series premiere of the podcast Wear and Tear. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Ty Kulik, and uh, I will be joined every other week by two other people, mostly two other people every other week, but uh, I will let them go ahead and introduce themselves now.
1: I am Kevin, and we have guest star with us, Chadwick. Hi, I'm I'm Chad. Yeah. And just for everybody
0: out there listening, I, you know, I'm doing the intro to this one, but in the future, uh, Kevin who might be the youngest podcaster in history will be uh, our, pretty much our host. He'll be leading us through this, this, this story we're going to weave this podcast. We're going to weave here and the podcast is going to be about the NBA, high school basketball, college basketball, the NBA, and shoes basketball shoes in particular.
2: And, I'm just some guy they found on the street that they thought would be, uh, you know, fun to throw in the mix here.
1: So yeah, we like to have multiple cultures.
0: <clears throat> yeah, well, I kind of feel like Kevin is the teacher. I'm the teacher's assistant, and you're our student, and we're nice. just helping you along the way. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you said you wanted to start this very first episode off because you know, for people who are living under a rock or doesn't don't know what's going on, we're living in a pandemic. The coronavirus is surging right now, but the NBA. According to my watch, according to the date on my watch, they're going to be starting basketball in less than a month right now.
1: Yes, December 22nd is the start date.
0: That's going to be here before we know it, and we've had NBA drafts, NBA trades, and I believe what you want to start with today, we've had NBA free agency and a flurry of moves have happened oh, yeah. since for Dayton, the Open last week.
1: Yep. Um, I'd like to start far. Ugh, I can't talk. That's okay. <laughs> I'd like to start off with talking about Chris Paul, who was traded to the Suns for Rookie Rubio, and who was dealt to the Timberwolves. And yeah. I believe Abdel Nader was sent to the Suns as well as Chris Paul.
0: Yeah. That, and so, for me, um, I was a Thunder fan for a long time. I, like, I kind of like the Suns. I'm a Grizzlies fan now. But I think that was a great move by the Phoenix Suns. I think that really helps them with uh, – and pairing Chris Paul with Devin Baker is really going to help them help them in the future.
1: I think the point guard and a man who's already proven that he can lead a team in scoring is going to be a great duo.
2: So,
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah, Chad. So, Chad, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, right I, was,
2: here? I was wondering is isn't Chris Paul a, a veteran player, like a oh yeah, a seasoned guy? How you know is that going to play into this at all, or?
0: So for me, um, you know, if, if I were in the NBA, I would be considered an old timer. Uh, for everybody out there, I I know I I, I I'll be thirty eight in a couple weeks, so I'm an old man. Chris Paul is younger than me, but if you look at him, yeah, you'd think he's as old as I am. So he, he he's older. He's definitely a vet, but he is so good, and I think he proved last year in Oklahoma City he can really thrive with uh, with anybody.
1: Yeah, he can. A lot of people say his tenure in Houston did not end well. But I actually think, you know, it, it it was pretty good. I feel like in 2018, they could have went to the finals. But, you know, of course, he got yeah. injured. And I yeah. think we're getting a little off topic. So, um, next move in the NBA free agency, um, Gordon Hayward going to the Charlotte Hornets for $120 million.
0: Yeah, I, I so personally I think that's a humongous overpay. What What do you think? I know I know Kevin. You you like the Celtics. What do you think about that?
1: You know I think that's ridiculous. I mean we paid him, 120 million for three years or three plus one, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, and he you know the first year he got injured, so you know of course we can't really blame him for that. You know the second year after his injury recovery, he had 11 points per game. You know, he's still kind of recovering from his injury. And then the third year, like this last year, he averaged 17 points per game, just right under 18 points per game. And I really feel like he kind of underplayed. I do. I feel like he could have provided more for the Celtics.
0: And didn't he get hurt again while they were in the bubble? Didn't he miss some time while they were in the bubble in Orlando?
1: Um, You know, I'm going to sound crazy because I'm on an NBA talk show. But yeah. I believe that his uh, his daughter was born, so he he oh, not get okay. injured. He just he was taking time off because you know any person would if their child was being yeah. born.
2: Why does that sound yeah. crazy, Kevin?
1: Um, because I'm supposed to know everything, and oh. here I am forgetting.
2: <laughs> it's okay. I'm well, sure yeah. we're gonna edit that part out anyway. Well, yeah, I can edit. Yeah, I'll, but no. The, so
0: yeah. It, I don't think it's crazy you want to go see the birth of your child and no, all, but for me, you know, you mentioned his injury, and that injury in the first game after he signed with the Celtics was Sad. horrific,
1: and I thought in real time, and I just don't think you can fully come back from something like that. Yeah, So, you, you know, so for Charlie to give him that much money
0: over four years, it just it seems like a, a humongous overpay, in my opinion. It is. So
2: the, the Celtics are just letting him, is he free agent? Right. Is, so they're just yeah. letting him go?
1: Yeah, they were supposed to include Miles Turner in a signing trade, but I just read a source that informed that they apparently were not very fond of Miles Turner. So instead, I believe they were supposed to receive um, McDermott. You're just going to have to edit that part out, Ty. Don't say
2: that. That's okay.
1: They received another player, but I don't know if they accepted it or not.
2: So – basically the Celtics are just like, you know, see you later, you know, we'll be fine without you. Um, Now we have some, some extra cash freed up to maybe make some moves in the future.
1: Yeah. They signed Tristan Thompson as well. That's another big part of
2: free agency
1: and moving on.
2: So I want just one more thing about the Celtics before we go. So, uh, so, they still have Jason Tatum, yes, you know, and Dalen Brown and market, but they
0: have the core of that team
1: yeah they right. they've always had the
2: so they're still you know a young team with with the future ahead of them, uh and I just want to point out you know that Tatum's a hometown guy, all of us yeah. being from the St. Louis area here, so oh, yeah you know I they like all to,
1: bleed green.
2: I like to see the hometown guys you know succeed, so
1: it would be nice yeah. to see
0: them do well. He's only gonna continue to get better, which I think is great.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he seems like a real nice guy too. Uh yeah. Took my son to a, a basketball camp of his one time and and you know, he was really nice and talked to all the all the kids that were there. So
0: that's was, great. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Maybe when my son's a little bit older I could take him to his camp if he wants to play basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So on to the next part of free agency. Drew Holiday is swapped for Eric Bledsoe in a trade with the New Orleans Pelicans and the Milwaukee Bucks. What are your thoughts on this, Ty?
0: So, so me personally, I I love it uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, I think getting Drew Holiday is a major upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. I like both guys.
1: I but think, yeah, uh, you're right. I agree. Yeah.
0: Well, I think he's a much better two-way player, a better shooter, and I don't think he'll shrink in the postseason like Eric budso has been known to do. He just doesn't seem to have the killer killer instinct in the postseason. And my father is a lifelong Milwaukee Bucks fan, a lifelong struggling Milwaukee Bucks fan. He was starting to lose faith in the team, and he thought Giannis was going to go. And I think this at least gives him a sliver of hope that Giannis will stay in Milwaukee and no. they do well with holiday, which I think
1: they will. I'm just happy that, you know, at least the chances of Giannis staying in Milwaukee are better than they are him going to the Warriors because we all know, you know, (laughs) him going to the Warriors I mean, mean, we just experienced Kevin Durant on the Warriors with two other All-Stars the last five seasons.
0: So unfair. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I really, I always hate to see teams like that, no matter you know, what uh, sport we're talking about, you know, it's like it's like the Yankees, you know, they're notorious for being able to sign all the big names and, and attract all the, the major people. And and it's like, it just, it really makes you want to root against teams like that. At least it makes me want to anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: 100% agree. With you. Yeah.
1: And it's sad because, you know, back in like 2014, 2015, the Warriors were actually, you know, I don't want to say they were underdogs, but they weren't the big titans that they are or they used to be just, a, you know, a year ago. Yeah. They, you know, they had Curry and they had Thompson and they had, you know, Draymond and Iguodala. They had their core, but they weren't they weren't as powerful as they are, you know.
2: So with, you know, me being an outsider here, I just remember like and I wasn't you know probably into basketball as much as I am now because of my my son but I remember hearing about the Warriors being a thing you know like being a team that was uh, a team to watch and just thinking like what you know are we we talking about the same team here you know because I just you know I never expected the Warriors to so that probably makes me seem old because I'm sure that
0: was like a decade ago or
2: or more probably now,
0: but that's the thing. I I fully understand what you're talking about, and I remember, you know, Kevin was talking about how they were fun in 2015. I remember in the early, mid 2000s, maybe when they were an eight seed and they beat the one seed Dallas Mavericks. I actually rooted for Golden State that series because Golden State was like finally coming out of this under right. that like this malaise that they're in and becoming this fun. Enjoyable team to watch, and now they've just become, like you said, the New York Yankees of basketball. It's just no fun to watch a team who basically floats out, you know, five all stars when I put a starting lineup out there.
1: You know, I am a younger person, but man, I I gotta admit, there are way too many threes in today's game.
0: <laughs> I I fully agree with you. but okay. I, I'm an older person, and I I still obviously I don't play basketball right now because i'm not gonna put myself in a gym and put myself in a position to get sick but when i do play basketball i play in the low post i love old school rebounding kicking to a guy for a layup stuff like that so yes i fully too many threes are being shot in today's
1: camp yeah so we're,
2: uh, were you bringing that up because the warriors are a three-point team or
1: yes oh, they're notorious okay. for being a hey
2: hey you know gotta yell at me now yeah they're like the
1: team who started this three-point revolution which is great if
0: you can shoot a three good for you but i would always you know growing up i was by my dad and i played AAU basketball high school basketball and i was always get the easiest shot and that was never a three-pointer it was always a layup or a right all
1: right well we're gonna move on now to the next part of the nba free agency with um Steven Adams, the center for the Oklahoma City Thunder, he's played a big role in helping them uh, uh, get to the first round a couple past years. Um, he was recently traded to the Pelicans from the Thunder. What are your thoughts on this, Ty?
0: So that actually made me sad because, as I mentioned at the top, I was so growing up, I was a Sonics fan. I sit here today wearing a Sean Kemp shirt. So I was a huge Sonics fan as a kid. And then when they moved to Oklahoma City, I followed them there and I followed the team there, loved the team there. Of course, I loved when they
1: had Harden, Durant, Russell Westbrook. And when they drafted Stephen Adams,
0: like, oh, that'll be nice to have. And I grew to love him on that team. And even when Durant left and my allegiance moved from Oklahoma City to Memphis, I still watched Oklahoma City. And I loved watching Stephen Adams play. And you talk about an old-school, big-man-type player. He fits that mold perfectly. I, I'm i sad for Oklahoma City, but I am happy for New Orleans, and I'm happy for Zion because I think this takes a lot of pressure off of Zion.
1: Yeah, you know, I think Zion's just going to be able to play his game now and not worry about, you know, being the big man. And Because, you know, Jackson Hayes was uh, –
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think we need to really say much about him. Um, no.
0: <laughs> where was Justin Hayes?
1: He all, he still
0: gotta learn how to
1: play in the NBA. Uh, He's not a bad player. I just feel like he, you know, he had all the potential. He just wasn't going after it.
2: So, at the risk of sounding sorry, say,
0: and Chad, you want to feel old? The guy we're talking about is, I believe, just turned twenty. Oh. And we're him as being like, oh,
2: maybe he doesn't have it. In the NBA, he's he's extremely young. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of old, and at the risk of sounding like the old guy here, you know, hearing you guys talk about these teams, it makes me think about, you know, like I don't know if when I was younger or you know before my time, was it always like this in the NBA? So did you know? Did the the fortunes of teams, you know, like uh. Cha- you know change this quickly you know did they become, no they did not you know uh-huh. i, I kind of that's what i was getting at you know i remember growing up and, and feeling like you know the the core players would stay with teams you know at least you know for five years six years or whatever and and maybe it's just because uh time moves faster for me now but it just
0: yeah. I was gonna say you know, when I was younger, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Chad, when when Shaq left Orlando and went to LA, that was such a huge deal. Like Yeah. No no big move had happened like that before, at least in my lifetime. And to see somebody go from a team like Orlando that seemed good to go to this juggernaut of the Lakers was shocking, but now it just seems like it happens every season in the NBA.
2: Yeah,
1: that's you know, absolutely. I think we're about to see it with Russell Westbrook or James Harden, but uh, that's a different talk for another time. Uh-huh. Moving on, um, Dennis Schroder of the Oklahoma City Thunder is traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, the Lakers signed center power forward slash center Montrezl Harrell and Mark Gasol, the center for the Raptors. He was a really good role player. What are your What are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on them signing all of these players?
0: Well and let us not forget they also resigned called Caldwell Pope yes. and got, got Rondo. I I'm I'm not a Lakers fan. I prefer LeBron James the person much more than LeBron
1: James the basketball yeah, player. Me too. Anthony Davis is might be the best, you
0: know, modern big in the NBA. I think they got better. I mean getting a player of Marcus All's experience and value of how he can whip the ball around the court defense is gonna help and Montrezl Harrell is that you know the guy you want off the bench, going to come in and be that bulldog, that that old school type scrapper for you. And they they you pair these guys with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they could. I I very very well think they the favorites again to win the title when
2: season starts in here in three weeks. So um, I just want to say, you know, you really picked a good host here, Ty. He's starting to scare me a little bit. If we talk about one subject for too long, he's really uh, whipping me into shape. I guess I'm long-winded or something. Hey. Uh, and then off topic, you your your phone is starting to just break up just a little bit. I don't, I
0: hold on a second. do you hear me okay now?
2: Yeah. It, and it didn't right. happen too often. I just wanted to let you know so it didn't. It fell out a little bit
0: while we were recording, but that's all right. I, I, I'll get all this out of it. It's all good.
2: Yeah, cool. So, uh, okay, Landon, if you could remind us what we were uh, talking about. <laughs> I, I don't want to get beaten over here. So,
1: We were just talking about NBA free agency and the latest moves that just happened. And, Ty, if you had anything else to say about the free agency before we move on to the new uh, Nike sneaker Kyrie Seven that just came out. So, would you would you like to have any more thoughts on them? you free agency Ty?
0: Yeah, no. I just you know, a couple players stayed with their teams, which so I thought was good. Um, Gord, Dragic, Rio, then he's staying in Miami, which helps them. Fred VanVleet is staying in Toronto. I think that's huge. Yeah. Brandon Ingram, we talked about the, the Pelicans. He got you know the max deal to stay in in New Orleans with them. So you, there there were some guys who didn't move. And again, for me, being an older older person and, you know, remembering the NBA from the 90s, I like when players stay with their current teams as opposed to going to greener pastures, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah. me too.
2: Yeah, I, could, I agree. So <clears throat> um, we're talking about sneakers now. And, yep. uh, you know, I just want to point out... <laughs> That um, this is how little I could probably relate to you guys, but I'm the guy that will that will wear the, the same pair of sneakers, even after it's like so dirty and beat up that you can't tell what brand it is anymore. But just to you know, give you a little context as to, you know, my knowledge on sneakers there.
0: So uh, yeah, I think so for my for my context, I um I do play basketball still, but I have become much more of a runner. So I I have four pairs of sneakers. I have street running sneakers and trail running sneakers, and I have street ball basketball shoes and I have indoor gym basketball shoes. So yeah, Kevin, you're gonna you're gonna have to be our expert here because you you are the sneaker guy of the three of us.
1: Yes. So, Ty, I believe you are aware of All-Star Guard and former NBA champion Kyrie Irving as his new signature sneaker, the Kyrie 7 just was released by Nike. I believe just about over a week and a half. Please don't get mad at me in the comments if I get that wrong. Um, but you know, that's that's big news because Kyrie's, you know, he's his sneakers are if you look at the stats, his sneakers are very popular today.
0: So what about yeah, I mean, amongst the guys that I play basketball with? They're all in their mid twenties, so they're they're you know over ten years younger than me, and they um they rave about these sneakers. So what is, what is so great about these sneakers?
1: Well, you know Nike is known for getting people with their aesthetics on the sneakers, but you know the, they do have a lot of good quality sneakers, um like. The Kyries, um, you know, they're known for outsole curvature. And basically what that is, is you know how Kyries handles are crazy, right? Uh, They're one
0: of the best ball handlers in the game.
1: Well, the curvature on his outsole of the shoe. Basically, it's the outsole, but it's. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's curved to the side of the the sneaker, like to the both sides, you know. So he can bend his. I don't know how to word this. He can, he so can move in ways that make it easier for him to dribble through the defense.
0: Are you saying like if he that some of the where he can move on the heels of his feet a lot easier? Yes, yes,
1: exactly.
2: So, oh. are you guys saying that the the soles don't have like an edge to them that they're curved off? Is that what you mean by yeah, the curb? Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't quite sure what you meant. So, uh, yeah, I could see how that would help. I mean, um, give you more, I guess, control and, and uh, m- more ability to kind of maneuver on the court, you know. Yeah.
0: It, they, 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 also, they also sound comfortable, which, you know, not, not to say that my basketball shoes aren't, aren't comfortable. And I'll get to what I wear in a minute. But these, these sound a lot more comfortable especially for, you know, point guards and guards and guys who will handle the basketball more than somebody like me who's just grabbing rebounds and making outlet passes.
1: Yeah, surprisingly, Kyrie's shoes have never been known for – Really good comfort, but I will say his last few signature sneakers have been very comfortable. So I feel like that's one way in which his signature sneakers are improving. You know, I don't, I do not believe that either you, Chad, or you, Ty, own any pair of Kyrie's. You know, I have in the past. I played in them before. They're nice sneakers. Look really cool. You know. How
2: many do you own? How many different have you owned? How many different pairs of Kyrie? In the
1: past, I have owned three of them at a time. But, oh, wow. you know, my sneaker collection really uh, varies so, most of the time. So what were you going to say, Ty? He I, said,
2: wow. No, I just said, oh, wow. Yeah, I said, wow to a you So, you've had three different
1: uh, signature sneakers of Kyrie.
2: Two, uh, so, three different years of Kyrie's shoes, basically.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I've had zero. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, so our, I
2: our, was going to ask one thing real quick. Um, you know, I've never... For some reason, I maybe it's just me being neurotic and crazy, but I've never been a Nike fan, um, and they've always seemed a little uncomfortable to me. But and and you were saying earlier that people kind of like the aesthetics of the Nike. Yeah, and uh, I'm an
1: Adidas fan too, but you know I also like Nike. So we're you stay Ty?
0: I was just gonna say, um, you know, I I do have a pair my, my indoor pair of basketball shoes. I, I wear the Ru- Russell Westbrook Why Nots, not the newest version that he put out, but the the version before that.
1: The mm-hmm. point twos you mean? I'm sorry? The
0: the
1: the point twos, the why not point yeah, two. The point twos,
0: yeah. And and I wear those. I, and they're they're fine. They're fine for indoor basketball, but I will say I specifically bought them because I thought they looked cool. Like one part of the shoe is pink and black, and I got right. the right shoe, and the left shoe's got like this neon green and orange
1: color. Oh, shoes. I know what color you're talking about. And yeah. yeah
0: they, they look cool, and they're fine. They're fine for indoor basketball, but I, um, my my, my wife's got me last year for Easter, got me the, the Pumas that DeAndre Ayton wears, uh-huh. and she bought me those because they have very, very high, uh, Ankle support, like they go up past your ankles, and I actually prefer those are my street ball shoes, and I found that I prefer playing in those because I don't roll my ankles nearly as much as I do in my Russell Western shoes, and I don't, I don't know if that's a Nike thing or a Puma thing, or just because of how high they build the ankle support right. in that this
1: shoe. Time, but
0: I prefer playing in the Pumas.
1: This is, you know, the bottom line is Nike. Like I said, you know. A lot of people that are listening to this right now probably disagree with me, but Nikes get most of their money off of the aesthetics. And most of the time, unless it's like their high dollar sneaker, basketball sneaker, the quality may not be very good in the actual comfort part.
2: So you're saying that most Nikes just look really good and that's why people buy them, but that they're not real comfortable. But, you know, you've owned quite a few pairs of of Nikes over the years and- have they all been uncomfortable, or just, I mean, or in your opinion? It
1: really depends. Um, the cheaper sneakers are definitely a lot less comfortable than, you know, the more expensive ones. But, of course, you know, as you get more high dollar with Nike, the quality increases, or at least it usually does. You know, there's been a few cases over the years that it's... And Ty, like... you
0: thought the Pumas were nice? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing in my Pumas, and my feet don't hurt as bad, but... Kevin's right when you put on, like, I when I bought the Russell Westbrook shoes, I tried on the the newest version of LeBron shoes, and it was like putting a pillow on my feet. Now, I'm not going to pay $250 for a pair of shoes, but that's just me personally. Right, I have a hard time doing that. Yeah,
1: so I've played in Pumas before, and, you know, I gotta admit, they are really comfortable. But me playing guard, you know, I just, I gotta, I gotta have my ankles free. I can't, I just, you know, I can't play. um,
2: And that's something that's really kind of foreign to me is, is, uh, you know, because way back in the day, you know, there wasn't a lot of ankle support. And then like, you know, the big thing as I was coming of age was ankle support. You know, they were kind of talking about how important it was. And now they're kind of going back to, you know, some shoes not really having that again. And
1: it's not that it's not there. It's just that, you know, ankle support itself is nice. But a lot of big brand sneakers or uh sneaker companies today, you know, they have high tops and all that, but the padding in the shoe makes more difference than it does than like whether or not the uh the collar of the shoe goes up to your ankle.
2: I mean like for the,
1: the padding in the ankle area. So, really oh, helps. okay. I see
2: what you're saying.
1: You know, if you have a sneaker with the collar area going up to your, you know, the top of your ankle but there's no padding and there's no structure or anything. It's not going to no, help.
2: I mean, that makes sense. But how do you get support from a shoe that doesn't even go up to the, to the ankle?
1: See, the, yeah, the, the yeah, amount I of padding will lock your foot into the shoe.
0: Okay. okay. I mean, I guess I that bought a sense. pair of Kevin Durant shoes a while back, four or five years ago. And it was during this whole craze of, you know, I call them low top shoes for basketball. And I, they felt fine on my feet, but I was, Terrified, I was gonna break my ankle the whole time I played.
1: Yeah, I I, I need the I need the high ankle support. Nike is terrible at adding ankle support in their basketball sneakers. Just terrible. You know, a lot of people listening to this.
0: Russell Westbrook, it's it's not in my head. It really is not not that good for my ankles, is what you're telling
1: me. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not good for ankles. You know, there's a lot of Nike sneakers that are, but there are also a lot that are just terrible when it comes to ankle support.
2: So, but. You're saying the Kyrie is is a pretty
1: top notch
2: shoe. Yes. So if you had like what would be your favorite if you could you know, money wasn't a factor, you know, just I guess a combination of of looks, but also like, you know, um durability on the court, you know.
1: And- Kyrie's are also not known for being very durable, except for this past sneaker. The Kyrie 6 was actually a little more durable than the past sneakers, but Nike in general is not known for having very durable shoes.
2: So what would your favorite shoe be? I mean, if yeah. you had to pick one.
1: Um, You mean like if any brand?
2: Yeah, anything. Yeah.
1: I'd say probably my Harden Volume Force. That I used to have, you know, those before I, you know, grew up when I was younger, younger kid, you know, those were really comfortable. But, you know, I know you asked for one pair, but I got to say, you know, I don't know that Chad or Utah will uh, know of the shoe, but the Kyrie 4s, they came out or they were released, sorry, they were released by Nike about almost three years ago now. They were... Those were the sneakers, man. Those were they were comfortable, they had nice ankle support, you know, they had the outsole curvature, which could really help you unleash on the defense. And they were just all around a good shoe, they were even aesthetically pleasing. So, Ty, uh, I don't know what your favorite sneaker is, and then after you, Chad, you can. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, I
0: mean, like you know, we. I feel like we've said some things about Nike, which I'm sure a lot of other people agree with. But I, I love any pair of Jordans. I'm a Michael Jordan fan. I love his shoes. His shoes. When 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 I got my first pair of Jordans when I was 12, it was, it was the greatest thing in the world. So I think if I could have any pair of shoe, I'll take any
1: any Michael Jordan shoe. I agree any. with you, Ty.
2: Yeah, and I I guess if I had to pick one shoe uh you know specifically to play uh basketball in it would be the old school shell toe adidas oh, <laughs> i'm i'm kidding of course i mean i
0: thought you were gonna say the chuck taylors
2: or the oh, chuck taylors no. now i could wear those too you know i like the style on those uh but they definitely don't feel good on your feet uh, Yeah, no but uh, honestly i think i've only ever owned one pair of basketball shoes. And uh and that was um Jordans. You know, so I really can't speak for you know which one's best or not, but you know, Jordans were always just such a big thing and and um you know certainly getting them when I was younger, like that was you know, that 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 kind of put you on the, the map or you know, at least I thought it did.
0: Uh, you instantly became cool if you had a pair of Jordans. That's how I felt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: We're yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jordans were all like the original Jordans, not the Team Jordans they have nowadays, but the original, like the retros, they were always good quality yeah. shoes. So
2: is there a Probably. shoe like that today? Like that.
1: They still sell them, yes. No, no, but... no. Not like that.
2: But for like young people, is there a yeah. shoe that if you get it, you're like, you're automatically like, you know. The, the guy to yes, look out
1: for. the whatever. Jordan Retro 11s are probably the oh, most... It's,
2: it's still the Jordans? Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, so, it's so many years later. It's... Wow, that
0: that's amazing to me, too. I think it's awesome. I, I, that shows how cool his there, shoes are. Amazing that still today... Besides...
1: Is, Besides the Jordan Retro 11s, there's one other pair. It's by Adidas. They're called Yeezys. You know, I don't know if, Dad, you've ever heard of them. I know Ty's probably heard of them. but I've
0: heard, but I know very little about
1: them. Yeah, they, um, I've tried on a pair before, but, you know, I'm, it's just, I would never pay $350 for a pair.
2: I I thought Yeezy was a hip hop artist. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm kidding.
1: Uh, Okay, we got got a long way to go. Uh, No, Yeezys are, I wouldn't say a fashion style shoe, but they're more so for looks less than performance.
2: I see. Well, that's true.
1: There are actually Yeezy basketball shoes, but we're getting off topic, so we're going to move right along to the NBA draft. Ty, would you like to? See
2: what I'm saying, Ty? You don't want to go on too long. It'll get, it'll Um, get on
0: your case. As you say, he's keeping us going. I like it. That's right.
1: <laughs> all right, so if you want to inform all the uh, the audience about who was the number one pick, you know, I'm sure they already know, but we wouldn't make any money from the show if we didn't.
0: The draft. So, We're talking about the draft.
1: Yeah. Yes, NBA draft. So, sorry. Yeah, um, I I love college sports.
0: Um. Again, this year, I don't think people, I don't think these kids should be playing college sports, but again... That's another podcast for another day. So yeah. I actually followed follow the college game more than I do the NBA, and I watched most of this draft. And yeah, the number one pick was Anthony Edwards, uh, combo guard out of Georgia, and I think he's going to be a solid NBA player. I think he'll he'll do. I think I think
1: he'll fit in very well at Minnesota. Yes, and then like.
0: Yeah, well, well, what do you think about
1: that? Well, you know, D'Angelo Russell of the new the not New Orleans, the Minnesota Timberwolves is known. You know, he's a scorer, but he's also known for his passing ability. And I believe with Anthony Edwards being, you know, a score-only guard, and you know, of course, there's Carl Anthony Towns. I think he'll be a good fit too. Whenever D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards are sitting on the bench with their legs dead, you know, I feel like. That's gonna be. A, I think the Timberwolves might actually be able to make a playoff push this year. Oh,
0: that would be nice to see. So, yeah, and I um, I have a you know, texting thread with a bunch of NBA fans of mine, and it's funny. I'll talk about more players in a second here, but the majority of us agreed that this this most recent draft, there wasn't really. We didn't really think that team got better, but we felt like the players drafted were drafted into perfect situations, like you mentioned. Yeah with Anthony Edwards, he gets to go there and they already have two all-stars in Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, so he doesn't have to be the savior of the franchise. Or you look at number two picks, who I love, James Wiseman, he only plays college basketball. He's going to fit
1: right in with the Warriors.
0: Yeah, he gets to go to Golden State, and I know Klay Thompson's out for the year, but you have Draymond Green, you have Steph Curry, they have a culture there. He doesn't have to be the superstar and even you go down the draft, LaMelo Ball was a
1: nice yeah. pick,
0: next pick in the draft. Dude. He's he's a big name and he's got a big personality behind him, but he's playing in Charlotte. So it's not like people are going to be on him 24-7 to make sure that he's you know, his brother was unfortunately drafted into a poor situation in LA and got to move on to New Orleans. I think LaMelo Ball is in a much better situation. You know,
1: going. I agree with you Ty because number one Lonzo, you know he his first year he kind of you know he had the situation himself, but you know with LeBron coming to the Lakers, he didn't really get to be the guy. You know, not that I think he was meant to be, but Lamelo Ball, he's in a situation where you know of course they just signed Gordon Hayward, but he's in a situation where he doesn't have to worry about you know oh I got you know I got to sit on the bench and wait for this old point guard to. You know, retire and then I can start. No, yeah. he's in the starting situation. He doesn't have to worry about any of that.
2: Exactly, it, he, it's a perfect situation. Perhaps. See, I'm not against somebody coming in if they have the skill and the talent, but also, you know, the other skills to be a good con- you know, contributor to the team. Like, do they know, you know, how to to play as a team? How to be patient when it requires being patient? You know, like so. Uh, and then this is where I might differ from, you know, the youth, but like, I always was under the impression, you know, like the rookie didn't get to come in and be the the man of the team, you know, like, like I, you know, In some was,
1: situations it, it isn't, but it really depends on like the situation that the team's in.
2: Yeah. I just, I mean, I felt like it didn't matter who you were. You had to like still kind of earn your place on the team. You know, you had to kind of go through that, that period of, of just becoming part of the team, you know, because even if you're the best player,
0: yeah.
1: I would bring up the ex- – yes, Ty? I was going to say it's, it's been – I'm not – like I said,
0: I love college sports. I do not care for the whole one-and-done culture. I think if you're yeah. ready to go to the NBA a high school, you should be able to go. Um, But since the one-and-done has been established in the NBA – you're right, Chad. These players kind of come in and they really don't have to earn a spot. They're just pretty much guaranteed to start from day one. Yeah. And what I liked about this draft this year is that there was no tournament. A lot of stuff overseas got canceled. So a lot of these kids are going to have to come in and earn their spot on these teams. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, you know, I would give an example of Michael Jordan. You know, he didn't really have to earn his spot, but I will say that is easily double standard as he averaged 28 points per game. I believe that is the most ever for a rookie. Probably, you know, if anybody else, is most likely Wilt Chamberlain that has more than him as a rookie. But still, he definitely earned his spot as a rookie. So on
2: opinion. that show that came out about Jordan not too long ago. The Last Dance. Yeah. Uh, Last. Didn't it talk about how there was, like, Not a lot, but a little bit of tension between uh, Pippen and Jordan like the first year because Pippen, you know, was was kind of expecting to be, you know, the leader of the team. And then Jordan comes in and just dominates.
1: It wasn't necessarily the first year. It was more so like I believe it was the 98, 98 season whenever Pippen had the surgery and, you know, the Bulls had to play with Jordan and rodman but they didn't have pippen so that really hurt them
2: No, i'm talking about earlier on though like when jordan first came in as a rookie wasn't pippen already with the bulls no no no, he He wasn't okay well maybe i'm i must be thinking of something else i know
0: when jordan was first drafted into the league he went to a bulls team that had a bunch of veterans but they weren't good yeah better didn't think he was as good as people said he was yeah and then on the court and showed everybody how great of a basketball player he
2: is. I mean, yeah, he just, he put his, you know, money where his mouth okay. was, for sure. Exactly.
0: But no, like, <laughs> getting back to this current draft, I um I actually had the ability to go to a college game before the whole pandemic started uh, out here in St. Louis. Me, my son, and my dad went and watched
1: Shlu play Dayton, and we got to see O.V. topic. Oh, right? I bet that was fun. Well, I didn't know much about him, and when I saw
0: Dayton warming up, I'm like, uh, "He's tall, he's six nine, but he doesn't really look like he would do much." And then I watched him play, and I was completely blown away. I think the Knicks got an absolute steal with him at number eight in the draft, and I think he's going to be a great building block for that team. And also, he's a guy who played three years of college basketball, so he's yeah. got experience. He's put in time, and he's very coachable
1: and ready to learn. I, I loved watching
0: him play and I and think he's a great pickup by the
1: day. Think about, you know, I think if he does well, I think about next year if they get Cade Cunningham or Sharif Cooper, one of those top point guards. Think about like the fit with one of those good point guards next year's draft. Like if they if they're able to draft one of those good point guards. Think about how the Knicks will transition from, you know, the laughing stock of the lead to the league to and, possibly one man, of the
2: are we talking about the Knicks? Oh, God.
1: Even the old guy here is.
2: Because, I mean, if we're talking about the Knicks, like, I, I don't know. I don't. Something is not going to work out. And they're, they're the Knicks, man.
0: They're not going to be good. They're like, you know. I, I, I do another podcast that is actually with my brother, and he is a lifelong Knicks fan. Oh, my God. On, on draft night, I texted him. I said, you guys got a real one, and, they'll be and he responded with, they're going to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so you're in the Knicks fans.
1: Let's well, just hope they don't because, you know, I'm not even a Knicks fan. I'm a Celtics fan, but I hope that they don't true this up because it's been year after year. You know, it was Kevin Knox and then it was R.J. Barrett. And then there was also uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis. You know, it's so, year after year after year.
2: I mean, it would be nice to see the Knicks do something, really. Uh, I'm not a Lakers guy. I'm usually not really a West Coast guy as far as sports goes. But, you know, the Knicks, man, they just never fail to disappoint, it seems like.
0: I told you, my brother, lifelong Knicks fan, and his response was they're going to screw him up. And, I, you know, it's
1: yeah. It's insane, but I think Kevin brings up a good point. You know, they drafted Obi
0: Top, and they have Mitchell Robinson. If they're able to get one of those young guards, maybe they become a desirable place for some up-and-coming, you know, superstar, you know, maybe... Jalen Brown decides he wants out of Boston and yeah, goes to New York. But, to are, yeah, I know you don't want that to happen, Kevin, but I'm sorry to bring that up. But <laughs> are like, you know, maybe one
1: of the many young players the Pelicans have, maybe, you know, Lonzo Ball decides maybe he wants to go there if they get the, the Cunningham to Oklahoma State. So they, they could
0: be a desirable destination if they don't screw it up.
1: I truly believe that if they want if they want Obi Toppin to spread his wings and fly and really live up to his potential, they need to get Mitchell Robinson out of there. As much as how good Mitchell Robinson has played for them, with you know he's a really good blocker, but I I truly believe they need to trade him to let Obi Toppin live up to his potential.
0: Or they could keep him and have a really good uh, you know front court with two tall guys. But I agree with you that Obi is not going
1: to be able to do all the things he's so good at offensively with Mitchell Robinson. Eh? Yeah, unless they bench Mitchell Robinson, which, you know, Mitchell Robinson's also a, a young guy, so I, I would hate to see that happen to him. So, you know, it would be cool if they could maybe draft, you know, Jalen Green next year's draft, you know, trade Mitchell Robinson for a, a, a guard, a decent guard, you know, like Mike Conley or Russell yeah. Westbrook, you hey, know.
2: you guys are going to have to edit in a break or something right here, a commercial. <laughs> But um, we're,
0: getting, I, I, we're getting near the end anyway. We're at about forty-five minutes. I was, I was
2: Okay.
1: Thinking.
2: Yeah, because I got to get off All here right. soon.
1: All right. Well, to our audience, our guest star today, Chad. Um, if you like to say anything before you leave the show.
2: Yeah, I mean, really, I I am the star of the show. Uh, you guys will see that as you listen on into the future. Uh, but you know this. <laughs> You know, I'm kidding. Of course, this is a Landon show. I probably, you know, stop in from time to time. Um, it's Kevin's show. I'll stop in from time to time. But um, you know, it's it was just nice to sit here and talk to you guys about basketball. I obviously don't know as much as you two. So, anyway, Hey,
0: you're like a willing spirit, so we're here to teach. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you.
1: He's about double my age, but it's uh, a <laughs> sister. No, I'm kidding. He's he's about wait.
2: Just stop while you're ahead, Kevin. I'm more than <laughs> double your age.
1: Yeah. Well, he still looks like he's under my age, but
2: Oh shut up. All
1: right. All right. Um Kevin or are I those? thought you were Kevin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who's Kevin here?
1: <laughs> Chad, if you'd like to leave the show. You well, are now kicked out.
2: Oh, man. I, I guess I'll see you guys later.
1: You're in
0: detention.
2: See you. All right. <laughs> see ya. So are you, are you guys going to talk about... Yeah,
1: I guess five more minutes. Is that fine? I
2: yeah, think... Uh,
1: yeah, bye. All I... right, all right. So you can just edit all this crap no, out. No, I
2: think what yeah, Ty yeah. was yeah. saying earlier was that it was getting close to time to wrapping it up anyway. Yep. So we need so to... like these around
0: 40 to 50 minutes
2: yeah. is what I was thinking. So we need to end the show soon.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Okay, so why don't you do that?
0: Yeah. Works for me.
2: Okay, I'm talking to the whole I one. just want to... Okay, it's fine. I, hey, no, it, it's... it's go, no, just do your
0: thing. Relax. Okay. Just, just, uh, again, Land- Landon and Alex, just give me your closing thoughts on a draft here.
1: All right. Um. You know, Patrick Williams was drafted at the fourth spot, and oh, Isaac Okora, he was drafted, what was he, five or six?
0: Five. five. I, I, I believe Five.
1: Yes, so, you know, I believe all of those guys are going to end up being like stars. And you know, Cole Anthony, he was he was drafted 15, wasn't he, from yeah, the or Orlando I, Magic?
0: I like that pick for, for for Orlando.
1: I think he was the steal of the draft.
0: I, I, if Obi Toppin had gone in the hadn't gone until late I, I agree with you. But I think Obi Toppin's is going to be the steal of the draft.
1: Yep. So. Alright, to our audience, this is the first episode of Wear and Tear. I hope you like it. You know, all of us are a bit chatty, but I think you'll grow to like that as we get humorous later on. We got good stuff coming up. Stay tuned. All right, I'm out.
0: And just rate and review us and tell people, tell your friends after you hear us to listen to us and rate and review us also. Thank you.